You bastards. You bastards, you took my gold. Don't take my gold. You took my gold for your CDs. My liquid gold. I hate that. I love Hell Vita. I'm like, yeah, you are far from liquid gold. Yeah. You're more like liquid diarrhea. Yep. Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Doug. I mean, Justin. Wow. I wanted to make sure that you guys sip of your drink before I started. Thank that you. Time. You're welcome. Because a lot of times I'll start and you'll be like, <laughs> like oh, I'm, I'm Justin. <laughs> Gargling yeah, my just, name. <laughs> guys, welcome back. We're now on episode 94. This is 94. We're on the final countdown to 104, which would mean two straight years. Yeah. It's the final countdown. Oh, God, we used to play that every halftime at high school basketball. <laughs> our, our jazz band would play that. Yeah. Oh, still like the song, though. <laughs> it is a good song. Uh, we, so wait, 100, yeah, 104 is two, it's three. It's 52 times two. But wait, no, we've been doing this for three years, haven't we? No. Oh, man, I'm so confused. Math. I, I need, hold on, I need a pen and paper. All right. I'll do that afterwards. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah, man, we're coming up on that. That's pretty exciting. I, th- I feel like we need to do something special for the 100th and then something special for the 104th. I'm cool with that. You know, just like it's, you know, like when you do like a week's worth of your birthday or like it's my birthday month. We'll just do that. It's like I've never been that big of an asshole. Oh, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, don't sell yourself short. You're a tremendous Thank asshole. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because, you know, I just was undershooting how big of an asshole I've really been. But you, you brought it home. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I was at work with a guy yesterday, and uh, he had this shirt on. I wore my. I have a shirt that says "Party on Bane, Party on Darth." I like and it. It's Bane and Darth. Nice. And I, it's my favorite shirt. And uh, my boss loved it so much that she was like, "Wow, I need to have that." So she bought it. She's like, <laughs> we, need, awesome. "We need to decide when to wear those." <laughs> and we wore them at the same time yesterday. So we were wearing those, and he came in. He was wearing this like long sleeve kind of collared shirt that had a bunch of foxes smoking pipes. Nice. I was like, "That is a really pretentious <clears throat> shirt." Like that's an awesome shirt. It's a yeah. super pretentious shirt. And he goes, Yeah. I go, the only thing that can make it worse, because he's always wears these sort of like Mr. Rogers like sweaters. Okay. I was like, take that like off. Like zip up ones? They were I think they're button up ones. Okay. I was like, dude, tie that around your shoulders. <laughs> and yes. he did it and he he did he tied it around his shoulders. I go, now you look like a proper asshole. <laughs> he goes, I don't look like an asshole. I go, walk into my boss's office and you ask her. If you look like an asshole wearing this, and I go, I guarantee you she'll say yes. He goes, okay. I hear him walk away, and I hear, hey, Courtney, does this uh, sweat around my, uh, my my chest make me look like an asshole? Yes. Just immediately didn't even skip a beat. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I go, you have to wear that the rest of the day. You have to wear that the rest of the day. <laughs> and later on, I go, why aren't you wearing it? He's like, my shoulders were getting sweaty. I'm like, hey, asshole, you got to wear it. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, there needs to be... You remember Inglorious Bastards? Mm-hmm. How they can take off the Nazi uniform? Mm-hmm. So we want to give you something that you can't take off. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so you're like, hey, asshole, you can take off your asshole uniform, but you're still an asshole. <laughs> we need to give you something you can't take off. There you go. Yeah, but you should have, in all fairness, you should be able to empathize with his shoulders being sweaty. I can. With your knees but you know what? If you're gonna, and your body. If you're going to play that part, 
You got to commit. You got to commit to the part. This is, is this a guy in your department? Yes, that's this awesome. Is character acting. You yeah, know, you got to get into it, man. <laughs> this is method acting, I should say, not character acting. Yes, you got to commit yourself to the role all day. I would be very curious to have an entire podcast about the concept of method acting. Yeah, because shout out to Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> um, he has some he has some thoughts on that, and I would love to hear. We got to get Wayne on here. I know it's there's like happen. seven different yeah. topics that we want to talk with I Wayne know. about, but. Maybe Wayne becomes our episodes 100 through 104. How about that? It's a month <laughs> of Wayne. Go. It's a month of Wayne. <laughs> we also have to get big shout out to Hag. Hag yes. is nonstop on my ass about uh, about coming back on. So. Yeah, so it'll be good to have Hag back. Well, I mean, if we have him back. I mean, if we have time. I'm just saying. Just saying. I mean, we got to, you know, we're busy, you know. We got a lot of people clamoring. That's all I'm saying. You know, just, Hag, just reach out to our people. We'll have them get back to you. You know what? Let our people reach out to your people, Hag. All right. We'll make it happen. All we right. should, you know, what we should do. <clears throat> Haig, if you listen to this, because I don't think he listens. Oh, I think he challenge. just wants to be on. So, Haig, if you're hearing this right now, come text me. I was going to say come find me, but depending on where you are, yeah. where we are, text me and let me know that you heard this on the podcast, and that's your golden ticket back in. Say the password Babblefish. <laughs> if you say the password Babblefish, then you. We'll be able to be on the podcast. There you go, Hag. Challenge ex- the Babblefish challenge has been extended. Rates and terms apply. See, <laughs> see site for details. <laughs> Blood prohibited. <laughs> I love it. I can't, that's why I'm going to come over to you, like where you're working this, have him whisper in your ear, Babblefish. Babblefish. You'd be like, huh, all right, you're I'll on. be at your place next Thursday, fucker. <laughs> I'll see you soon. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so good. He does, though. I love it. Now he's taken two. He'll, he'll come up at work. He'll come up behind me and just go, Hey, real quick, just so you know, I can't be on the podcast tonight. <laughs> because I got a thing I got to do. And I, was, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. He's a good. He's a good, he's he's quite a character. Mm-hmm. Speaking of characters, oh my god, what Justin? You know what? You know would be really cool to talk about. What's that, Douglas? Like some of our favorite characters. Hey, and really not. What makes a good character? Interesting. So the reason why I thought of this, <clears throat> yes, was I've been watching this show called The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Is it, is it Netflix original? Yes. Okay. So uh, I'm watching this show. Uh, it's called The Last Kingdom, just in case anyone wasn't listening the last five seconds. And uh, it's on Netflix. And uh, basically, it's a. am not going to spoil too much of it because, I mean, I don't know. You may want to watch it. I haven't decided. I'm 12 out of 16 episodes in, and I'm still kind of up I'll spoil the it. They find out there's another kingdom. They're not actually the last kingdom. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, um, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And essentially, the crux of this and the problem I've been having with it is I don't know if I like it. And... I think a lot of the problem is due to the main character, whose name is Uhtred. What is it? Uhtred. Uhtred? Uhtred of Babenburg. Uhtred of Babenburg? Babenburg. Babenburg. Uhtred. Uhtred of Babenburg eats babblefish. Yes, there we go. And blueberries. And blueberries. <laughs> babblefish and blueberries are bountiful in... Uh, what's the name of the city again? Uh, Babenburg. Babelburg? Babenburg. Babenburg. Bub- Bubblefish? I can't even do it. Just keep going with your Bubble fucking fish story. Bubblefish and blueberries are very bountiful in Babenburg. Uhtred. <laughs> Blackberries. Um, so anyway, Uhtred, uh, you know, he's born a Saxon. He lives in this northern area of I was the theme, England. the mascot of my high school. The Saxon? Really? We were Schomburg Saxons. Interesting. So you just guys were just Englishmen? Yeah, well, like, but... Very, we would kill and rape and pillage, and yeah, mm, isn't that what, what Saxons do? That's what the Danes did, the Vikings. Oh, so what did the the Saxons were like? Proper English people? They were like the English folk. 
My high school was not good at history, Uh-oh. apparently. Uh-oh. I mean, it was from the, you know. I'm going to go ahead and, while you're talking, okay. I'm going to pull up our, our our actual mascot. All right. I mean, and you're going to go, that's, they it, that's necess- historically inaccurate. They weren't necessarily dudes in top hats and canes, you know, sipping tea. And, you know. Mm, I do say, the Danes are coming. <laughs> Saxons <laughs> unite. Sipping on gin and juice or anything like that. But, um, so essentially the way that this, this the, the plot of this show is there's a, a boy named Uhtred. Um, his father, he's, he's, he's a noble, his father's king of the kingdom of Northumbria. And basically his father unites with several other leaders to fight off the Danes who are the Vikings who are invading their land. His father dies. Uhtred is captured and kept as a slave, but he seems to prove himself as a worthy warrior and stuff at 12 years old. And ultimately his uncle wants him dead because his uncle wants to take over rights to the lands, blah, 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 political, blah, blah, blah. So, um... The, the Dane that takes him in is named Ragnar, which is one of the coolest names of all time. That's pretty awesome. Ragnar. And Rock. Ragnar Rock. And uh, he essentially um, buys Uhtred, and he basically uh, raises him as a son. So he becomes Uhtred Ragnar's son because he's the son of Ragnar. That almost – that might be the coolest name I've ever heard. Yeah. So uh, basically uh, Uhtred's you know, Danish father is uh, wrong. He's murdered. He's you know betrayed and murdered. So Uhtred – gains this blood feud with this other Dane. Um, but he, the thing that's frustrating with Uhtred, I mean, there's a reason why I struggle with the show, is he's, he's, a, he's a man of two worlds. He's Saxon, he's Dane. Okay. So obviously he's put in a weird position where he kind of has to choose, and yeah. he kind of like rides a line between both. Like, he's kind of, you know, savage and fighting and stuff like that. He's a pagan. He doesn't give himself over to Christianity. Okay. But at the same time, he's he's like he holds like the idea that like I'm still owed this land because it's my birthright, and uh, um, so he embraces everything Danish. But he's also whiny and wants his land. Yeah, you know what? That's a really great summation of who he is because a, a lot of what he talks about is he just doesn't always do something because it's right. He does it because it has value to him. Okay. Which I told you off air was, you know, I understand for the time is probably historic, historically accurate. Like, he tells people, he's like, look, I've got to go make my wealth. So that means I have to go raid villages because I have to make my wealth. I have to raise an army and I have to go take my land back. But that's not very heroic, you know? No, I feel like and, that's just the Danish army going and taking Saxon land. Like, so yeah. he's going and just like raiding or like his goal is like, I have to make my wealth. Otherwise, I'm not going to, you know, I can't be a lord without land. You know, otherwise I'm not a lord. And right, but he'll never be a Saxon lord. It's because he he claims that he's the elderman of Northumbria because it's it is his and everything. And, and you know, by their laws, he is. And I don't know. Basically, he's just he's hot headed. Yeah. So he 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 just has no idea of how to. Now I wouldn't even say po- play politics. Like yeah. he's just, he's incredibly rude. Okay. Like for example, the King of Wessex is Prince Alfred or King Alfred. And Alfred, you know, is a very, you know, important guy. He just refuses to acknowledge, like, Alfred is praying, which is a big deal at that time. He just interrupts his prayers to basically say, hey, no one told you that I won that battle? Like, what the hell? What's going on? No one's, like, acknowledged that I'm the one that won this battle when after he won that battle, he should have gone straight to Alfred to basically accept, you know, his basically his victory. But he spent time, like, going to see... Like, spend time with his wife and child, which is fine. I guess it's kind of like, okay, cool. 
But someone goes, you need to go see Alfred because if you don't, someone else is going to take credit for what you did. He goes, I need to spend time with my family, which you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then he gets mad when someone else takes credit for his victory. <laughs> and he barges in to the king's room while he's praying. Yeah. He's like, I was there. I killed blah, blah, blah. And, blah, blah. and then he, you know what happens? Because he did that, he gets humiliated. He's told that you know he, he pulls out his blade in front of the king in a, in a sacred area of the church. So then he's like stripped down to like his pajamas and he has to crawl through the mud and grovel, you know, and everything like that. And he he is all butthurt about that. I'm like, but you, you were you, wrong. You built you. Cre- he creates all of his own problems right. as far as I'm concerned. And it's really frustrating to like root for someone like that. Right. He's creating his reality by perception. Exactly. Right. Very good. Nice callback. So he's just like constantly like everyone likes him as a warrior. Yeah. But I, I feel like what he's trying, like what <clears throat> there, I feel like there are Braveheart esque themes in here that they're trying to kind of allude. Like there's this guy who like he's trying to rally for a good cause, what he believes is a good cause. But again, I think I don't know. Again, as the character, I, I guess you got to blame the writers for this a little bit too. Is that he? It, it does just based off this uh, explanation sound like he's just this whiny little bitch who he's not embracing. He wants his Saxon land, but he's not embracing anything Saxon, even though that is his heritage. He's embracing everything Dane, but wants Saxon land. So really, all he's doing is he's just a Danish invader. Yeah, That's all he is. He's just someone who's raising an RV and is going to go take land that, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, belongs to him. But unless he, I feel like unless you accept that side of who you are, you don't. You've you've given up your your claim to it. Well, it's just so weird too, because like his relationships, like he has this girl that he grew up with in the Danish area, because she was captured like he was. So over time, the two of them essentially just associate themselves as Danes, and they were like going to get married, but then all the stuff happened with his dad, where his dad was murdered. So the two of them have a relationship, but then she's one hundred percent. I'm a Dane. I'm not a Saxon. She rejects her Saxon life, mm-hmm. so she gets frustrated with. Uhtred because he's like trying to play the Saxon game to some degree. She's like, don't like you're right. not Saxon, you're Dane. Eventually they split, and then he like and he just truly loves her, but he's like, obviously we can't be together. Like this isn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. So then he's like gets this like political marriage to this lord's goddaughter, and then you know he's never met her before, but she just happens to be pretty, so good for him. And uh, he has a son with her. And then, like, all of a sudden, you know, she's, like, upset because he won't let the kid get baptized because he's like, you know, fuck Christianity. I don't want to deal with that. And then they just, you know, over time, like, they start out really loving each other. But then over time, like, he starts, like, their relationship goes to shit. Yeah. And he does all these things that doesn't make sense. Or they make sense, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not just to go into too much details because it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any <clears throat> sense. But ultimately, like, they have a uh, kind of like a tear in their relationship. And he tells her, he's like, I'm leaving to go do this thing. And she goes, well, while you're gone, I'm going to baptize our son. She goes, if he's like, if you do that, then he's no son of mine. Okay. So he leaves. He comes back. Turns out that she's baptized him. And, like, they've pretty much at this point, I'm like, they have no relationship at right. this point in time. Yeah. So he goes off and does all this other stuff. And then he realizes, he comes back later, that his son has died. Okay. And he has this horrible, heartfelt moment where he's just, just sobbing over the corpse. I'm like, you don't even know your son! Right. You said he wasn't your son. You right. gave up because he was baptized. That's some bullshit. You disowned him. Yeah. And he's just like just sobbing. And I'm like, okay, I understand it being a parent. Like, okay. Right. I made a mistake. I but Based it, on what I was shown in this show, he didn't right. spend much time with his son. His sure. son was born while he's being like held hostage. 
He's and that was one of the reasons why he didn't want to go to Alfred because I want to go see my son, which is cool again. But at the same time, he chooses not to go to Alfred to claim his victory. He spends time with his son for the first time. Goes back and then is all butthurt that someone took his glory. And then he's like, I don't. Blah, blah, blah. He's just, he makes all these terrible decisions. Like, yeah, he's very hot headed. And he's very arrogant. Yeah. And there's not a lot of redeeming qualities. There's one part where he actually gets captured by slavers. And he spends like a year just like being starved, getting the shit whipped out of him. And he comes back like a broken man. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's seen humility. Like, this guy's finally, over this time, like, seen humility. But then by the end of the episode, he's back to being himself. (laughs) I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this guy has learned nothing. Right. It's yeah. almost like you want to kind of take the story and he needs he he needs to maybe like I think what would make a, a good character out of this guy what what you could do to change this is if you put him in a position where he doesn't claim anything Dane and he doesn't claim anything Saxon like he's he's or he claims everything both like mm-hmm. he's he's basically the the one that is Almost make, make him the one he's the one that's going to try to unite these two you know factions or these two peoples and he gets an army together of basically nomads like himself with, mm-hmm. that just don't identify with anything. That is like there's no reason to fight. There's no reason to this and this and this. I'm going to take my land back, but at the same time, I'm not doing it in the name of, of the Danish people. I'm not like – and mm-hmm. he starts to, you know, kind of play this other game. That 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 to me would make an interesting character where yeah. he's not trying to have the best of both worlds. Sure. He's just trying to ride the line in the middle and have his own thing. Yeah. And and surround himself with like-minded people. That would make a better character to me. Cuz it seems like he's riding the line too much between both because he does have like he has someone he considers his brother. It was the true son of Ragnar and, and the two of them basically became brothers and he has a strong relationship with this Dane. So I see the idea of like It'd be interesting for him to really, if they really would commit to the side of him going like, all right, I'm going to side with the Saxons because I want my land. It's owed to me. It's what I was born to have. Right. And my uncle's a dick. Right. And he deserves to die because he also was a reason as to why Ragnar was killed. Right. He basically used a Danish uh, guy to basically betray Ragnar, and the two of them were in cahoots. And so basically he's like, you know, what? he wants revenge, but he also wants his land back. So what I think would be more interesting if they played up the fact that as he has to fight Danes, it, it's hard for him. Because he's essentially killing his a part of his life every right. time he kills someone. <clears throat> That's an interesting But instead yeah. what he does in the show is he takes everything he knows from the Danes. Like one of the reasons why the Danes are so effective against the Saxons is they have this strategy called the shield wall. Okay. Which was unknown to them at the time where basically they create this wall of shields and then the Saxons couldn't break it. Sure. And then they did some great tactics, and some guys came up behind him and trapped him and basically just crunched him in and pinched attacked and murdered mm-hmm. them. So he understands that he teaches that to the Saxons and stuff like that, and they fight against the Danes. And he sees a Dane, he knows he can basically like analyze him and be like, oh, this guy's uh, he's their leader. He's like a war sworn guy, and he's going to do this, and they're going to do that. And because they're Danish, if they lose guys, they see that as a loss, and it's like more important that they don't lose guys. And you know, to them, uh, they either have to have full victory, or they, it's like he gives them the, the Saxons everything that they need to know about Danes, but he doesn't feel guilty about it, right? You know what I mean? And there's no, yeah, so that's a shallow character yeah, yeah so i'm like for me it would be like i could understand if they were like hey look i need you to tell us everything you know about these guys and for him it'd be like by him doing that it's like he's killing his past right or a part of his life i would like that to kind of be the theme like 
Because he's he actually he torn can't do about both. this. Yeah. He cannot be both. He either has to decide, I'm going to be a Dane or I'm going to be a Saxon. Right, yeah. And initially the Saxons don't trust him because, like, here's the Dane. you know. But he proves himself. Yeah. And by proving <clears throat> himself, you know, people earn, he earns people's respect. But he also earns people's ire because they think that he's a bloodthirsty, godless Dane who is going to take his kingdom in the north and then be a rival. Right. For everyone else, they're like, you know, people are advising Alfred, like, be careful, don't give this to him because he might one day try to come and take over Wessex. Sure. And so, like, there's all this sort of stuff that's going on. So there's some interesting political intrigue that's happening, but it's very shallow. Okay. Like, there's just stuff that happens that I'm just like, man, I feel like they're really missing the mark here. Because there's some really cool moments, but it's also like, he's supposed to be a good warrior because we're just told that he's a good warrior. Right. Like, I, you know... At some point, he's fighting people. I'm like, I don't know. I guess you're good. I mean... You've never seen anything that really alludes to the fact that he's something special. No. I mean, I'm just as far as I can tell, he's just another warrior. Right. Which is fine. Like He does this one-on-one battle with this Viking lord, and he beats him and everything like that. I'm like, cool. I mean, I I didn't know if he's going to win because I don't know how good of a warrior he is. Right. He just seems like a pretty average guy. Yeah. So it's just very confusing with some of that stuff and how it's portrayed. But I do the things I do like about it are like the setting, the time. Like I love the idea of them trying to unify England because mm-hmm. at this point in time they were just separate kingdoms sure. and like all that sort of, sort of the historical stuff of it was kind of cool. But it just seems like a mess, yeah, of that sort of stuff. And it, it reminds me of a game I used to play. It was called Dragon Age Two. I think I've heard of it. Dragon Age was an amazing game. Okay. It's basically kind of like a role playing game, and it's it's very fun tactically, and it's kind of a based on how you decide to do things will affect how the story plays out sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age 2 was very hotly anticipated because it, not only was it just you know better graphics and stuff like that, but like they had this really cool character called Hawk, and he just looked amazing. And But when you play the game, first of all, it was by EA, and EA fucked that game hard because originally it was designed as like downloadable content okay. for Dragon Age. Oh, and they just... But okay. they're like, you know what? No, let's just make this a sequel. <clears throat> So the game mechanics, like the game itself, the maps were very boring. Severely underdeveloped. They repeated the same stuff over and over again, and it seemed like a sham because it was. But that's not the point. The point is the character itself was very cool. He starts out as a refugee. His 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 home was ravaged by monsters. So he and his family go and they go to the city of Kirkwall. It's like this island, and they show up as sounds a refugee. like Kirksville, right? Yeah, yeah, almost. You'll see a similarity here. Not really. There's dwarves, whatever. Anyway, so. He shows up and he, he basically, Hawk has to decide that, you know, he's going to have to join a guild and be like a servant for like four years. Yeah. So like you do the intro and then you're a servant for four years and then you kind of like, it skips ahead a couple of He's like, all right, cool. You're at the end of your, your four years of service or whatever. Now you're trying to make a name, you know, for your family so you guys will be safe and whatever. So eventually you go on this expedition to this dangerous place with these mines and you're trying to get all this treasure and you do that. You come back, and then it, like, cuts forward again in time. And then it, like, I just remember this is so funny because all of a sudden you see, like, this this pan up. And there's your character in, like, a nice robe looking over a balcony. And just, like, you're just a wealthy guy now. It was like, okay, so the point of this game was just to get wealthy and then all, and just earn, earn influence. Stupid as fucking... And it's like, oh, there's the hero. Here's this rich guy. Now his, his voice is really important on manners of the city. And so then you you basically, I just remember like feeling so disappointed where I'm like, this character is not necessarily heroic. Yeah. And you would think coming from a capitalistic society that we're like, hey, that guy did it. Good for him. Because I mean, yeah, you, you want to acquire wealth, but that shouldn't be like the goal. 
The goal, it's right. like, you know, like, yep, yeah, uh, our hero achieved the wealth, and now he has a lot of influence. And people like him because he's wealthy. And he can affect more change because he's wealthy. I'm just like, ah, that's not, that's not that that's a, compelling it's, to me. It seems like an extremely shallow... Again, it's a shallow character, uh, like a There's shallow basis for a character. There's a little more nuance than what I did, but that really is the crux of it, is yeah. your character goes, gets this treasure, becomes wealthy, and then once he has this wealth, he has to try and help the city like politically. But it's just like at the, at the root of it, it was just to see him just in his silk robe in this beautiful house, you know, and all these different things. I'm just like, oh, I don't like this <laughs> at all. Like, yeah. this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Because in the other game, like you're wandering around trying to unite this kingdom to fight against these monsters. You know what I mean? You're trying to save the land yeah. from these horrific mm-hmm. monsters, and your character's a hero because, yeah. you know, you're not only are you one of the last few of these particular groups of people called Grey Wardens who are, like, in charge of fighting these things, but it's also a doomed lifestyle. Yeah. Like, so there's... Because <clears throat> the idea is that these characters can, like, sense these creatures, and they're, they're good at fighting them, but ultimately... You get to a point where the only way you really die is you die in battle. Okay. And if you get too old to really help, you basically wander down to where they come from and you just fight. You continue fighting them until you die. Until you until one of them beats you. Is That's a and not only terrible. that when you try to join them, there's a chance you will die doing the initiation. Jesus. Because you have to consume like some of their blood. Okay. And it will sometimes kill you. Like and if you survive it, then you have this connection to them. Okay. But if you don't, you're dead. So like it's a very tragic Lifestyle, Oof. but you realize the sacrifice yeah. that they're doing. So there's some heroic elements yeah. to that. Whereas, like, yep, I came here as a refugee, and now I'm a rich motherfucker. Right? Who wants to touch me? Like, <laughs> it's like, what? I don't get it at all. Like, it's it's really frustrating. Now I'm going to text dick pics. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to see what's in this robe? Like, <laughs> it ain't just silk. So what makes for you then in a story? What makes a good character? Like, what do you what do you look for? In order to not be pissed off at the character. Yeah. I guess that's a good question. I mean, I think of like some of my favorite characters like Logan in the okay. movie Logan. Like Wolverine is very broken mm-hmm. in that movie. He's seen a lot. And I guess I feel I feel bad because he's sacrificed. Right. And he's just been through so much. You can just really feel his pain. So you're you're talking though about Wolverine specifically in the movie Logan, not yeah. in the other movies necessarily. The other movies, I mean, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm talking about Logan in its own story. Okay. Like in that sort of regard, like in this situation, he's an older guy, he's beat up, his healing factor isn't as strong as it used to be. So every time he gets hurt, you realize that that's a conscious choice that he's experiencing a lot of pain. Right, right. And everything like that. And he's just trying to make a living, but you realize that he's broken and that, this guy's had a really tragic life. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, he will do the right thing. He's, he's an asshole. Right. But if, if he sees someone picking on someone else, he does not stand for he, it. Won't, yeah. And he'll stand up and he'll fight it off. Now, the consequences may not always be the right thing. Right. But he, he will defend people in need when, when the right time If push comes, comes to shove, yeah. Exactly. And he is a little self-centered and things like that. But at the same time, like when the time comes, he's willing to throw himself into, into battle yeah. and fight. I'd say another good character is Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. You okay. Know, here's a guy who was essentially kind of like in Harry Potter sort of sense of like basically said, hey, you're important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're the last of this kind that lives for thousands of years. And, uh, you know, he's afraid of his past and his future because his family line was known as being like the the guy, the king who had an opportunity to end 
Sauron's right, right. to destroy the ring, but he didn't because he was weak. Mm-hmm. So he fears that that same weakness runs through him. Mm-hmm. But he knows at some point in time he's going to have to make a decision. Like he's going to have to step up to the plate yeah. and be a king. And he's terrified of that. And I feel like that's something we can all identify with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he could easily just hang out and be a, a ranger in the woods with the elves, <clears> but that's <throat> not really what he was called to do. Yeah. So he has to literally just like step up. He has to fight, and he has to believe that he's going to do the right thing. And he ends up being super heroic yeah. in that movie. I mean, at the end of the movie, when you know they basically, the mouth of Sauron comes out and says that the Hobbit's dead, and he's like, nope, don't believe it. He's like, we have to attack this gate. And they're like, you realize if we attack this gate, we're going to die because we're super outnumbered. He goes, it doesn't matter because I believe that Frodo's alive. And if we draw that army out, we give Frodo a chance to get to the mountain. Right. And he has not seen Frodo since the first movie. Yeah, it's been a, been a, been a, been a while. So but he's like, no, he's still alive and we have to do this. Like, And that takes a lot of courage yeah. to do that. And that's when I'm like, wow, like that's someone who you admire because that's someone you want to be. Right. And that sort of regard. I don't want to be the guy that's like, huh, I want to get my lands back. Ugh. I want to acquire wealth. Right, like, right. Gross. Gross. Like, yeah, okay, if you want to get wealthy along the way, that's fine. But that shouldn't be the ultimate goal. I want to be wealthy. Right. I mean, that's that's isn't that a sin? <laughs> like greed? But at the same time, I don't think you need to... I, I personally don't think you need to be a hero in order to have a good character. No, absolutely not. Like, I'm thinking I th- of like... Yeah, like ones that you want to that you would want Punisher to be. The Punisher is a great character. Exactly, yeah. John Barenthal's turn on that, because oh. let's let's face it, there have been some Punishers who have not been great characters. Absolutely. But we're yeah. not going to talk about them. No. Uh, no, his his take on, his turn in, in that role, yeah, he absolutely, that was a great character, and it's not someone that you want to strive to be. Even though he did have some elements of, like with Logan, where... He's you know he's got murder rage, but he also kind of knows the right thing to do. Like so, he still has a little bit of. I guess you could argue a little bit of hero in him, mm-hmm. but it's more for personal purposes. You know, yeah. like, like I'm going to kill bad people, but it's because I want to kill them. I feel like so far what we talked about, I'm sure we can find a way to debunk this. Is they have a strong moral code one way or the other. Like with the Punisher, he's going to kill bad people. Right. Um, with Aragorn, it's like for him, his moral code is like we have to save. This, we have to save Middle-earth. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. With uh, Logan, he's like, look, just stand up for anyone anyone who's close to me. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to protect them ferociously. He's incredibly right. loyal in that sort of regard. I mean, the shit that he does for Xavier, I mean, is – I mean, he drives a fucking limousine. He goes and buys pills. Yeah. Like, in that movie, like, he's doing a lot for yeah. both uh, Caliban and Xavier – because he cares about them. Right. He doesn't show it the way that a normal person would. Right. But him doing all that stuff is his way of, of caring about somebody. It, I think that that's a key element in, in a lot of characters. But I would I would still argue that you don't need a strong moral code yeah. per se. Yeah. Because it, depending on what uh, I guess maybe type mor- of movie we're looking moral at. Moral code isn't the right word. I think I should say the point of view, I guess. Belief system. Belief point system, of view. Something, yeah. like, something that drives him like. Rorschach from Watchmen is another good example. He's a lot like the Punisher in the sense that if you do something wrong, no matter what it is, you could have stolen cash or you could have murdered someone, he's going to fuck you up because you've done something wrong. Right. But we're talking – We all these examples have been talking about – Superheroes mm-hmm. and people of great power, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this this other level of yeah. you know thing. Let's boil it down to something like Bradley Cooper's character in uh, uh, Silver Lining Playbook. Mm-hmm. Some he you know just a just a he's a broken guy. Yeah, I I love I loved his character. I actually yeah. loved Jennifer Lawrence's character 
and that so I think they both those are two examples of very regular run of the mill this is a person you know mm-hmm. no superpowers like you know it, it's yeah. just very even though it's hard now to find actors in Hollywood who have not been superheroes at some point because sure. he's Rocket she's Mystique yeah, obviously right. it, it, it's getting harder and harder to find characters like the, yeah. the superhero uh, uh, fraternity and sorority yeah. are are branching out very extensively. Yes, uh, and almost all of Hollywood has been in some way, shape, or form tied to some sort of superhero. You're goddamn right. But uh, in that movie, I thought their characters were were tragically flawed and brilliantly played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I they didn't really again they weren't bad people. I don't think they had a. I don't know if they had a strong belief system. It was just someone that you just wanted. I guess you knew they were innately good people, and they were struggling through something, and you mm-hmm. wanted them to get to the other side of it. You wanted well, them yeah. to get to the light side of whatever it was. At the end of the day, I think a lot of this stuff is just relate some way of relating. Like, yeah. obviously, some of the examples I've talked about are very large. Yeah. You know, but well, then that's exactly You want someone to overcome something. Right. Because we all want to overcome that difficulty in our lives. You want to feel that if they can overcome this, maybe I can get through yeah. the personal thing I'm going through. Sure. Yeah. Because there's some stuff with Uhtred and The Last Kingdom where I'm like, man, this is like cool. All right, I get it. This guy's motivated by revenge. You know, he, he wants to get what's owed to him. Sure. But the steps he takes along the way just don't make sense. Like, right. It's the fact that, you know, he had a wife and child and just chucked him away and was like, meh. You know, and this, like, he moves on to the next lady and stuff like that. And I'm just, I don't know, like... It, the character contradicts himself. He does. And that's, I think that's... And you can, yes, you can have someone who changes positions. A character sure. changes their their way of looking at something, but that has to happen organically through the story. But the things that annoy me about him, he doesn't outgrow, like his his hot temper. Exactly. And There's no know, growth in the character. I think out. that's what it is. It's called out so much, yeah. too. People are like, you have to relax. Please think. Or, you know, like, look, you always think with your heart. That's fine. But right. please don't do this. Please consider this. And he just ignores all of it and just was like, because right. I look at him like, I see a lot of people like that, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I find annoying. Is yeah. They're just going to go headstrong and barrel in there. And I'm right. like, if you do that. Who do then, you know then, that acts with their, who do you know that barrels into things emotionally? I've just seen a you lot. You don't of know it. anyone like I've that. I've seen plenty of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> They just like they just go headstrong in it. It's, it, and I guess that's the thing is like I view that as a very negative thing. Yeah, someone who does and that happens sometimes in movies where usually that's the lesson. Like rounders. Yeah, you know Matt Damon, he misjudges the thing in the a call in the beginning. Like yep. he's looking at the game, he thinks he knows what he has. He makes the call, it wrecks him, and then he's trying to recover from that the whole movie. Right. It's haunted him. It's like he's yeah. taken all this money and he's lost it, and now it's like I can't do that anymore. But he really loves it. And that's He's another good at it. Yeah, that's another example of a great character yeah. arc where that that character changes. He learns something. He evolves. Or he just he he lets himself realize, "Hey, look, this may be not socially accepted, but I'm going to do it because I'm good at it." Right. And you know what? F- forget just trying to become a lawyer and do something that I don't really want to do. Right. Let's do something that I really want to do. Yeah. We're overcoming that. And that's another thing. Where it's just like great. Even the Joker the yeah. Joker is a fascinating character because, God damn it, does that guy have a perspective? Yeah. yeah. He's like, people are stupid. People are awful. And right. they'll turn on each other. And he knows, he believes in anarchy. Yeah. He believes in, you know, essentially just <laughs> complete chaos. Right. He's an agent of chaos. And I'm like, cool. I respect that. I understand your point of view. I get it. Because everything he says is true. Right. Up until the last scene, you know, with the boats and stuff in The Dark Knight. Right. But, like, yeah, he's just like, no, look. You're weird, I'm weird, 
And people will like you until they don't need you, and that's un- that's shockingly true. Yeah. Because people will put up with something as long as it's in their benefit, and as soon as something goes wrong, they're like, Mm-mm, don't like it anymore. Right, yeah. Not cool. Totally not cool. And you see that in Now I, I have issue with this thing, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love about that movie is because Harvey Dent is basically saying, hey, like, you guys, we didn't have a problem when he was doing this before, but now that the city's being held hostage, you think he should turn himself in. He's right. like, that's not fair. Like, that's not right. And that sort of hypocrisy, I think, is really interesting because we see that every day. Yeah. You know, where people are, are happy that, you know, we're going to go to war. We're going to kick some ass. You know, but as soon as people start dying and we start seeing the cost of that. Right. And everything, oh, I Tragedy. Like I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I don't like it. It's like, mm, you were happy when we were winning. Right. And now that we're losing, you're not happy. Right. It's a very childish uh, outlook, as far as I'm concerned, it's an unrealistic outlook. I think it's someone yeah. who lives in a fantasy world and doesn't yeah. like that n- doesn't want to take into consideration that there are cons- there are repercussions to actions, yeah. good and bad. Yeah, you, it does not only swing one way for you. It's actually just on a side tangent of that, on a mind gap, if you will. <gasps> I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He had this guy. I think his name was Jocko uh, Wilkinson. Okay, and he's a former Navy SEAL, and um, he's uh, was talking about. When we go to war, he's like, we need to be more honest about what the expectations are. He goes, if we're going to go fight, he goes, first of all, war is awful. It's Mm -hmm. one of the most, he goes, there's nothing heroic about it. He goes, it's a terrible, terrible thing. He goes, we need to be honest with everyone and be like, look, we're going to lose soldiers, and there's a certain amount of civilian casualties that are guaranteed to happen. He goes, there's That's no really, way, yeah. there's, he goes, it's impossible to think that we're going to be able to go and fight and that there aren't going to be civilian casualties. Yeah. He goes, we have to be more realistic and honest about that. Yeah. He's like, because it's going to happen. Like, just recently, there was that thing about the airstrike in, uh, God, I don't know where. They were trying to hit two snipers on okay. the roof, and there was like 100 civilians in the building that were taking cover from something. They blew up the building. So they got the two snipers, but they also just completely eradicated all the civilians in that building. You know, and it's like that 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 is the nature of war. Yeah. And I hate there's nothing pretty hate about it. The idea that people have romanticized it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's been something ever since um cuz that was I think even back in the old days like a lot of times like these uh these kings or whatever, they would just be like we're going to go to war. We need to earn a reputation. Let's right. take some all right, gather our troops. We'll have this sort of civilized war with this other, yeah. this other group of people. We'll go, blah blah blah. And then once we got to like the age of, uh, you know, the machine gun from like World War One, and people brutally were destroyed with mustard gas and other things, and yeah. people were like, "Fuck this!" Right. This is what. Yeah. Yeah, and the, so the idea of this, I think like, it was the Last Samurai uh, <laughs> when the uh, machine gun got introduced. Okay! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, but when 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 that stuff starts happening and they just they take you know there's because I remember when I was a kid yeah I used to think of like war I mean GI Joe the cartoon yeah, no absolutely wasn't that just pure propaganda it one hundred some degree ten percent yes you know it's like oh uh, you know even video games to some degree were propaganda back in the day oh a hundred percent like you you see it and you're just like yeah let's go in and let's just be a one man wrecking crew I mean yeah. even I and I'm th- this is no commentary on Sylvester Stallone or anything but but Rambo could be <laughs> looked at as the same thing you know you got a one man wrecking crew who goes in and just takes them out they like, totally like the first one was incredible because it talked about a guy basically dealing with the horrors of war. Yeah. And the second one was like, we're going to throw all that out. We're going to send this guy back in. We're going to have him just murder the bad guy. Yeah. It's like, you guys missed the point of the first movie. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing is I think it's hard to, you know, it's hard 
obviously because the government wants to recruit people. Don't be afraid of war. We need we need soldiers. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, look, we got to be honest here. Like, and this guy actually, Jocko had a really good point too. He goes, it's so important that when it comes to military missions, that he goes, it's really important that the soldiers come up with a tactical plan. He goes, here's why. Instead of the generals, instead of the, yeah. He goes, here's why. He goes, if someone that's not us decides what the plan is, when we're there and something goes wrong, we're going to be pissed. Because we're like, someone else made this decision, and now we're fucked because of it. He goes, and we may just give up and go home. Right, goes, right, right. But if they say, look, here's what we need to do. How do you guys want to do that? He goes, we plan it. We own it. Right. So we are more invested in it because we decided. He goes, you have to tell people the why. We have contingencies. We have, uh, yeah, exactly. We thought this through. Exactly. Because yeah. where someone just hands you this and says, here you go, do this. And it's like if people have objections, they're like, shut up. You know, you're going to do this. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh, I don't know what I was You saying. shut up, you. You shut up, you. And just go and do it. He yeah. goes, and you think about that in your daily life with your work. It's Hell like, hey, yeah. uh, Justin, I need you to, uh, I need you to cold call. You know these people, and right. you're like, I don't normally do that. Fuck you. That's you know, what like, I would yeah. say. Whereas if you're like, if there was a reason why I'm not even going to try and invent one, right? But like, oh yeah, you should, I need to call call these people and just. Or like, we check. need to get these these people need to be contacted. How do you want to do it? Exactly. Yeah. What's the best way? What do you think it is? Right. You know? Email, uh, cold call, going to yeah. their, their you office. You have a thousand calls you have to make. How do you want to do this? Right. Exactly. Like yeah. th- this is and this is why we need to do it because we have to let the these customers know that there's an outage and they need to be uh, informed before you know sure. tomorrow or whatever. Blah blah blah. How do you want to go about doing it? Right, yeah. Because cool. then you've got you've got stake in that. You've got ownership in that. You understand. That, yeah. You're on board for it. And now you get to decide how it's how it's done. Totally. You're 100% more on board with that than just, I need you to call these 1,000 people. Yeah. Fuck you. That's what I would say. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so that little mind gap aside, um, <laughs> you know, like the idea of, you know, yeah. these, these these characters <clears throat> um, having, I don't know, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> they have to have a struggle, obviously, because that's just kind of part of the arc, but... The struggle, for lack of a better phrase, has to be real. <laughs> There's no other way to go about saying that. I me, think you did you did a good job of that. It can't be like, man, I really need to get this money. You know, like right. there's just something, and maybe you know, maybe other people identify with it. I want my land. They're like, man. I need to get what's owed. To some degree, that makes sense. But man, they are taking the long way to get there, <laughs> as far as like how they're trying to get him to his land because he keeps right. getting pulled back. Yeah. Somewhere else to get his land and yeah. stuff like that. So I don't know. What do you think? What are what are some of your favorite characters? Uh well, I was we saying I like. Uh, I, I don't. When you initially asked me off mic, I don't know if I fully understood the question because I was just saying like, well, what? Who do I like to watch in a movie? Yeah. I was like, oh, Robert Downey's Iron Man and Deadpool because they're smart asses yeah. and yeah. But from a deeper standpoint, um, <clears throat> see, I'm having a hard time separating character from actor's portrayal Mm -hmm. like because initially one of the things i was going to say was sam rockwell in moon oh man an incredible acting job by him but i'm trying to think like did i like the character or did i like sam rockwell's portrayal of the character is Uh, there is it would you say there's a distinction there well i mean I, i i feel like you can make that distinction like which joker did you like you know, right. or which Batman did you like? Because right. they they all kind of interpreted Batman a little bit different based on the movie that you watched. Sure, yeah, yeah. But there was only one yeah. Moon movie, so I feel like Sam Rockwell read the script, understood what the character right, was, right. and obviously acted the way that you know he felt like the actor should right. go. But I that's, I, I, whoops, that's an interesting character. I, yeah, 
That's a good. Let's talk about that. Because he well, because he's yeah. So in that movie, he's uh, he's uh, stationed on what the audience knows and without. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Spoiler. Spoilers. Cut. Spoilers ahead. This movie came out in 2011. I, I think. So. Yeah, you need to see it. It's on HBO or something. Um, so he's stationed on the moon, uh, and he is. There's some uh, some mineral they found on the moon that is helping, I think, fuel back home on Earth. Yeah. So they're mining the moon, and they're shipping capsules of this back to Earth um, as this like incredible resource that is, you know, much better than fossil fuel and yada yada yada. So as the audience, we start off the movie knowing that he is up there for three years, I think it is, and at the end of uh, three years, he's supposed to get in a capsule, he comes back home, and someone comes back up to replace him. But he starts getting sicker and sicker and sicker. He goes out on a mission. One of the combines stopped, and so he has to go up back. He has to go out and see what, what the issue is. He gets in a crash, and someone comes and rescues him. And Now, he's the only person that's supposed to be up here. Someone comes and rescues him, pulls him back in, and it's himself. Mm-hmm. And so now there's two Sam Rockwells. One of them is spry and fresh and new, and the other one is still getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Teeth are falling out, this and this. And throughout the course of the movie, we find out that uh, he finds this hatch and he goes down and there is uh, just a catacomb of him, of, of frozen clones. clones of himself that are just frozen. And the, so the system, uh, played by Kevin Spacey, I think, is mm-hmm. the computer system, uh, is supposed to, um, when when one starts to, there's like a three-year lifespan on clones. Mm-hmm. So when one uh, starts to decay... That one is put to rest, and another one is brought out of stasis. And all they know is that, oh, I have three years up here. Like, I was just – I was frozen for my trip up here. And so each clone comes out thinking that they're at the start of their three-year cycle. Yeah. And so to play that character coming to the realization that you are – you yourself are a clone, and you're about to be replaced, and you're dying, and it's just this weird character – uh, like coming to that realization about your your own uh, existence yeah. is just a really interesting way of playing it and, and mortality in that and mortality sense too. yeah like cause these guys only yeah. get three and all that but it's and, like is this right or wrong what they're doing right then it's a whole because they tell him a lie yeah. they basically say like yeah you know the comms are out so you can't go home and they say that he has a wife exactly and everything and, and he's implanted with these memories yeah and everything like that at one point he makes a phone call he's able to get outside of like their sort of barrier and he's actually able to make a call mm-hmm. and he calls like that their home and he's able to talk to his daughter and he finds out that the real him's there but I think his wife died his wife is, is passed away yeah. yeah wait was the real him there yeah, because really? yeah. all of a sudden you hear him in the background say, hey, who are you talking to? And he's like, oh, shit, and he hangs up the phone. Right. So, God, I'm just punching the shit out of this you table. You really are today. Happy Thursday. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, but um, he essentially, um, yeah, like, it's, you ask that question, like, is it right? You know, does this clone have the same yeah. rights as everyone else? Right. You know? And he eventually, the, the clone we've been following eventually makes it. Yeah. Into a capsule and, and he takes and off and heads to Earth. Is heading back home now. We don't know if he's going to survive once he gets home. Can they, or is he just mm-hmm. going to keep decaying, or what? What's going to happen? But again, like that, that character has to get through this mental hurdle of struggling with this is what my reality is. This is what my mortality is. And yeah. here's like how do I? How am I going to process yeah. this as a? I'm using air quotes here as a human being because I mean I'm assuming the clone is a human, but you don't. You know that gets into a whole another discussion, but well, that's interesting too. Because I think the character is interesting because of that. He's an interesting, like the newer clone is interesting because he gets to see what's going to happen to him, right? 
kind of like Frodo. This is the older clone. One of them has anger issues. Isn't one of them starting it's, to get really it's the pissed? Newer, it's the newer clone. He is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because they're not meant to both be there at the same yeah, time, yeah. so he's like really frustrated as to what the hell's going on, right? And right, everything right. like that, and it's the same thing in Lord of the Rings because Frodo um, sees his uncle Bilbo, but his uncle Bilbo had the ring for so long, right? And he sees what it's done to him, and then Frodo carries this ring for a long time, and he basically sees like he has to believe that, and he sees Gollum, right? Gollum who's had the ring for over five hundred years, and he's like, so Gollum did start out as a regular. He was a hobbit, originally, okay, yeah. But then he held onto this ring, which is cursed, and just basically like it extended his life, but yeah. also made him insane. Yeah, and he's like, and he saw what it did to Bilbo, and he's like, he sees Gollum, and he's trying to save Gollum because he's like, if Gollum can come back, then I can come back, right? And he sees what right. he could easily become if if he gives in. So to me, that struggle is always really interesting as well because you're like, you know, to to see a potential outcome because right. you're on the same track is yeah. pretty sad because yeah, then you start yeah. thinking like, is there anything I can do? Right? Is and I am I doomed to become this? And if someone can overcome that, if someone can 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 find a way to beat that, that's again heroic right. to me. Like, finding yeah, that, it's, there's those, there's different levels of heroic. Yeah. There's personal heroic. There's yeah, the heroic for the greater cause. Yeah. Oh man, the sacrifice stuff too, man. When you see someone who's just like willing to be like, cool, I got this, and you're like, that's to me is always like, oh my god, right? That's so amazing that this ah. guy's like, you know, totally willing to 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 do what it takes. Whatever the outcome is, you're gonna do it. There's yeah. something very like unfortunate because it's we're talking about. <laughs> war but like the last stand sort of thing mm-hmm. the idea like this is it we know we're gonna die right but we're just gonna we're gonna hold out as long as we can right there's something pretty amazing about that because i think it's, yeah. i think it's less about war more about like spitting in the face of the odds right it's yeah. almost like looking death in the face and like flipping them the bird it's the, yeah saying, come get me it's that you know? human it's that human drive to we're gonna we're we have will it's the that human yeah. willpower yeah, of just standing standing there against all against all adversity. Yeah. There's a story in the uh Warhammer 40K universe where these uh, space marines go down to like this planet and they're just overrun with these things called the Tyranids. They're basically like just brutal insect monsters that are just endless swarms. And they show up and there's these uh normal space marines are more than human. Yeah. They're just multiple hearts and everything. Like they have crazy armor and weapons and everything and they literally know no fear. They are not afraid of anything at all. And, like, for a normal person like you or I to see them, we would probably shit our pants. Mm-hmm. Because, like, oh, my God, it's a space marine. Right. So, like, these space marines shows up, and, like, they just know that they're outgunned. And they <clears> basically, like, <throat> the, the, the Imperial Guard, just like regular soldiers, are, are so scared. But basically, these these space marines are, like, just checking their art, their clips, how much they got. And they're like, all right, we're here to the last. And they, they start giving, like, these, like, based on what they do. Like, they run out of bullets, so then they just go out and start punching like these things and like breaking necks and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. And they just totally don't give a shit. They're not afraid. And so right. it inspires the Imperial Guards to be like, yeah! And they go out and they try to kill everything. And then at one point it's like remarked that this <laughs> Space Marine goes, ah, it's, it's too bad he's dying here because he could have maybe made it as a Space Marine. You know? <laughs> like just the idea that yeah, yeah. His, his true courage and his ability to do that. And just the idea like those guys, like I, in this super dark future world like i those guys are heroic to me just because they show up and they know what they got to do right and not only are they like super well trained but the idea that these guys i know that but if they show up and like people shit their pants there's something about that too that's like oh my god right yeah because there's nothing better than also watching a movie or reading a story when like someone is so outgunned or whatever and then the hero shows up and there's like that that flourish of music yeah or the lights 
or whatever, and like kind of in you're the, like things are about to turn. Harry Potter and the uh, uh, the Order of the Phoenix when Dumbledore shows up yeah, at the yeah. end, and Voldemort's kind of like fuck, God damn it. And he's like, yeah. hello, Tom. He doesn't call him by Voldemort, you right, know, just exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, and he's just so calm and collected, and the two of them duke it out. Which yeah, is one of my favorite scenes in all. That's those a movies. fucking great scene. Yeah, and just you get to see not only how powerful Dumbledore is, but right. also you can see how powerful Voldemort is and see how he's just like completely unfazed by right. what Voldemort has to offer. And yeah. like that just swells you with so much excitement. Yeah. You're like, yes. As opposed to like a guy coming through and being like, I got all the money. Who needs to who needs this money? Or even to your point, mm-hmm. your your kind of go to point, it's just Superman. Yeah. Like that's to you, I mean, outside be prior to uh um Man of Steel. Yeah. Superman was a you did not like him as a character because there was no there was nothing to overcome. Yeah. There was no struggle, there was no uh moral dilemma, there was no he always had the answer. He always was going to pull out. There was no one that was well, phrasing. He was there was <laughs> there was uh you know, he was always going to make it happen. There was always there, there was nothing, there was no stakes ever. Yeah. And and there's nothing for that character to struggle against and to show other than kryptonite. Correct. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so there was, there was, it was again more of a shallow uh, character. And no, I mean, people just accepted that he was just going to fly in and drop guys in jail. Like, right. What? Right. It, was, it wasn't realistic enough for me in that sort of regard, which is funny considering it's superhero stuff. But right. For Man of Steel and all of its flaws, um, I just loved putting Superman in the perspective of like this guy that has all this power, and same thing to the extent of Spider Man. Right. How, what do you do with this power? Like, right. what, you know, how do you best spend it? Right. You know, how do you put it to good use? And I think that's a great question. Yeah. And for, you know, in Man of Steel, it always made me sad because he wanted to do something. So yeah. And wanted to go out and actually, like, help. But his dad was always like, don't because people are not going to accept you. Right. And you need to be accepted right now. Like, one day you're going to change the world, but not yet. Yeah. And then when he finally does show himself, people are like, dude, get the fuck out of here. But then he makes the heroic choice to just end his race of people and save Earth, a group, an entire planet of people that did not like him. Right. And he's like, I'm here to help. Right. And I'm going to make a difference. And even to some extent in Batman v Superman, you know, they were calling him out on that stuff too. They're like, hey, you did this and people died. You right. know, what about Metropolis? Like, who's going to be responsible for that sort of stuff? It's almost as if the Danes had brought in a Saxon <laughs> and then he ended the Saxon people because the Danes took him in even though they really didn't like him. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that could be a good story if yeah. someone would write that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So to summarize real quick, what makes a good bullet point style? What makes a good character? For me, it's uh, there's got to be a transformation. I've mm-hmm. got to see an evolution of the character. Yes. And there has to be um, – there's got to be relatability uh, and uh, some sort of – not I, – I use this word loosely – don't take it literally, but some sort of struggle to overcome. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> no, I was the same thing. Like for me, it's there's got to be some sort of flaw, and this right. goes for villains, just like Magneto. Absolutely. Magneto is always one of my favorite characters to bring up because I don't agree with what his goal is, but I understand why he's doing it. Right. If I can understand that sort of stuff, I'm like, man, you're compelling because I'm like, Ugh, I don't want you to do it, but I understand why you're doing it. Right. Especially when you end up being right. Right. Because in that moment, you're right, but you may not be right in entirety. Right. You know, so for me, like, there has to be some sort of flaw, and there has to be some sort of, like, almost damaged goods to some degree. Like, because for me, that just makes me identify with them even more, or at least care about them more. Sure. Because here's someone who's damaged, who's, there's nothing, I love seeing the grizzled, jaded, 
veteran warrior yeah who's basically like you know has given up he doesn't they don't trust like authority or government because they fucked him over mm-hmm. but somehow they find a way to do the right thing right because it is the right thing right and they realize like look just because these folks screwed me over doesn't mean that I can't do the right thing our our interests can align you know just I don't know it's just it's, yeah. it's like your experiences in life. Like where you were when you were a child versus where you are as an adult changes. You grow as a person. And yeah. things matter more or less depending on how that stuff plays out. So I think you're, you're absolutely right. There has to be a a change. There has to be that story arc. What what happens to them over time to make them better or worse or otherwise? I mean, even like Mordo from uh, Doctor Strange. You know, he starts out. He's not even the main character. But he starts out as like 100% behind uh, the... Uh, the ancient one? The ancient one. I was like, the stranger one. No. The ancient one. And then all of a sudden, it's revealed like what's been going on. And he's like, uh, I'm my out. My whole foundation is he's right. He's like, I'm yeah. out. Then I realize now his perception right. and philosophy changes. He's like, nope. I'm here to basically you know, take magic to become the most powerful thing that, that I can be. Right. So he, he, I mean, we see a, a, a evolution and a change in him. It's not, from, yeah. it's not from bad to good. We see it go the other way. And that's yeah. still a very valid, it's a great character. Absolutely. Yeah. To see that sort of stuff. So... Oh, and again, it's like a lot of the save the cat stuff. You know, like right. you got to see if you're you know here or whatever. You got to believe that they're going to do the right thing, right? And they're going to help people, and they're going to step up. You know, when they're faced with a challenge, sure, like a throwdown. Yes, oh, oh, oh. throw down, throw down. So I thought today would be interesting uh, to do um, some. You're going to, again, it's going to be very heavily dependent on, on you for at least one of these characters. I accept uh, the challenge. I, I, based off of what you've told me, I, I think I have my thoughts in here. But uh, uh, is it Uhtred? Uhtred. Uhtred. I'm going to put Uhtred. Uhtred of Bebenbur. Uhtred of Bebenbur eating bubblefish and blueberries. <laughs> Bubblefish. <laughs> Bul- bulbous fish? Babblefish. Babblefish. <laughs> That's the word, Hag. Babblefish. <laughs> Don't listen to the bubble fish. <laughs> if you say bubble fish, I'm gonna not going to talk to you ever yeah, again. Exactly. Well, you're dead to me. So it's Uhtred. Uh, I'm going to put him up against two-handed Jamie Lannister. Because well, I feel to be Jamie Lannister. Because I feel like there is. I some think even s- I think even one-handed Jamie Lannister. <laughs> really? Well, that's probably just me being shitty. Because I, I was going to say, I feel like there is some some lines of similarity there, where they're kind of they're both a little little bitchy, little whiny. But they Jamie both Lan- are. Jamie Lannister's a proven warrior. Yeah, but this guy, didn't you say, like, Uhtred is supposed to be this uh, this this proven warrior who defeated a Viking king or something? Or? He did, but... I'm just saying, like, yeah. he's proven himself. So I'm assuming Jamie will have his standard longsword. Yeah, his Valerian steel longsword. Yeah, uh, Uhtred will have a standard sword and a Viking wooden shield. Okay. So he'll probably have a dagger as well. He has a little dagger that he uses... Um, I just, I mean, when you think about Jamie Lannister and how amazing of a fighter he is. I mean, he's, yeah. And not only that, but he, he loves battle. Uh, he, yeah. Not that Uhtred doesn't. Well, then let's put, let's, let's even but, the playing ground then. He, he's, he does not have the right, he's got the gold right hand and he's, he's having to compensate with his left-handed sword play now. Cause that's one of the things that he was having trouble with was yeah. learning how to fight left-handed. That one will be tough because he can't. He only has one weapon to fight with, whereas Uhtred will have both a shield. You and You can use sword. that gold hand as a weapon. You, you can, can. You can stop. You can. <laughs> you can catch blades. You can punch people with it. Right. 
Yeah, that's you can true. also you kind of block with. It. I was gonna say you could just put it up and yeah. <laughs> stop a swing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a tinier shield, but it's more mobile. Yeah. I just feel like Jamie has more experience. Yeah? I feel like he has more battlefield experience. Even though Uhtred was was raised with warriors. He was raised in in a warrior community. Yeah. I don't know how much fighting they did, though, while he was raised there. Because they pretty much like took their their area and then they just sort of hung. At least that's how I understood it. They just hung out. I mean, they they kind of they were made, playing video games. They built a longhouse and they, uh, you know, they they did what they did. Um, it, playing video games. Uh, yeah, I, I they were smoking weed. Because again, like I, I remember seeing Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones and what he was able to do. Right. Right. Well, and his his reputation precedes him. Yeah, as as a warrior. Like, I mean, I loved it when he and uh, Ed Stark faced off. He was so excited. He's like, yeah. "Finally, we get to oh. see how good you really are." Right? Yeah. Because he's like, "I heard you beat that amazing like guy that wielded the two swords." I love that scene in Game yeah. of Thrones where that guy's just and Brand's like, I "Thought my dad said he won this one." <laughs> He's like, eh, is that really yeah. what happened? Because that guy was just—I mean—he basically yeah. murdered almost like what eight guys? Yeah, yeah, by himself. How did how did he how did how did he die? Uh, it was uh, Jorah's. Was his name Jorah? I don't know. Basically, one of the kids that was traveling with Bran, his dad snuck up behind him and stabbed him in the throat. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. And then Stark finished him off. Um, I just I feel like Jamie Lannister has more has better sword skills. Okay, I think he's more. Uh, practiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Uhtred is very passionate in the way that he fights. Um, n- he definitely knows how to fight, but I don't think he, I, th- I think his experience is limited. Um, and I feel like he definitely goes to berserker rage, and that seems to have worked with for him in the show, where he can just f- apparently just run and dive over a shield wall and start attacking people. Yeah. So apparently he's a superhero. Yeah. Um, and people. What like, if we give Uhtred the jump? We mean the jump. Like, what if he gets the jump on Jamie? Uh, Does if, that change And things? if Jamie only has one hand, I think Jamie's probably screwed, if that's the case. Um, not that Jamie is... Not that it's just going to be like he pops out of a bush and stabs Jamie, but, yeah. like, he's... Jamie's just not... He's not sword in hand, ready to go. Yeah. He has to draw his sword and, and kind of get his bearings. I would probably give the advantage to Uhtred in that sort of regard. Yeah. I feel like if you get the jump on just about anybody... What know? about two-handed Jamie? Would that change things? I'm just trying to find. Yeah. I'm trying to find the most even playing field. Yeah, it's kind of hard because I feel like I feel like if we want to do this, like Utrid gets the jump on Jamie and he has two hands. That's that's probably the most. Uh, I feel like that's the most because then Jamie would have to react, get his sword out, so we give Utrid the chance to right out of the gate do some damage. Right. But I feel like if Jamie were to recover, then he would find a way to navigate. Yeah. Through that, although Utrid's pretty good with a shield. But I'm still going to give it to Jamie. I, yeah. just, I feel like his years of experience. I mean, he's been training as a swordsman since he was like a, a young kid. A tot, yeah. And I mean, he's fought countless battles with countless people. Right. You know, he was a king's guard forever. Like right. he's a very, he's a tactician. He knows war. He knows he knows fighting. yeah. He knows how to fight. He knows yeah. everything about. And I feel like the fact that he's proving himself with his left hand as his yeah. primary hand. Like he's he's able to adapt exactly. So, so I think I just had that's a great that was a great choice. At first I was like Jamie Lannister, but I was like well. Because again, yeah. I know we have to base it off of what you've seen. Yeah, but you have also seen Uhtred from what you've just told me. You have yeah. you have seen him win every battle. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, he's definitely. I guess my problem with this, I just don't. I don't feel like his his abilities deserved. I was gonna say, I, I think your biggest issue is that you just hate the character. Well, it's because I'm like, he just fights because he can't. Right, like, exactly. He's good at it just because he is, and because he's the main character. Right. Like, that's what uh, that's what it seems like to me. I haven't seen any, and because he makes such shitty decisions, but he can always get himself out of it. I'm just like, I don't like you. You want to see him suffer? Well, I don't want to see him suffer. I just want to <laughs> be like, you know, like why are you this good? Like. Right, you're not that good where you can jump over a sh- three sh- three different shields of a wall, yeah. and just start attacking people, and no one like that seems like the stupidest thing to do ever. Right, from a he, tactical standpoint, he jumped over the wall, and he doesn't have any backup, and now there's a wall of people between him and his yeah. allies. It's like he's dead, right? <laughs> this guy's just crazy enough to be good. We should run because he starts killing yeah. people. And for some reason, that breaks the wall, right? And people didn't reform the shield wall after that. They're like, oh no! And people just dove in and started fighting. I'm kidding. Confused. What are we doing? What are we doing here? It's, yeah. And not only that, but it's like the thing that sucked about that moment too was this guy had killed his newest girlfriend at the time and cut off her head, and he ran in the, the battlefield. And he's like, Utrid, here's your queen. And he like threw his head down him, and then Utrid went into battle rage. Yeah. And was like, Aah! and then just like dove over. And I was like, that that's a terrible decision because he's not being level headed. Right. And I feel like you can use that, but the guy put him on tilt, and it worked to Uhtred's advantage. Somehow, yeah. If the guy hadn't have done that, Uhtred wouldn't have probably gone all berserk and done that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Right. <coughs> There's a time and place, but I feel like most of the time, the, sto- the, the story is don't lose your head. Right. And just about Was everything. Is that a joke about the girlfriend? Yeah, don't lose your yeah. head. She lost. But like, poker. If you're aggressive and you're not thinking, you're not thinking of the, the strategy of what's being played... You're just so angry. You're, you're like, gonna lose your fuck stack. this guy. You're probably going to lose it because you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Same thing. Just purely enraged. He's right. going to charge the battlefront. Right. That's usually how you get shot. He's going to charge the the proven tactic of a wall of shields. Yeah. That has been proven over and over again. Somehow he gets the Super Mario Brothers jump in and just rolls over the top. Yeah. Just, I'm like, what? You know, like. So Jamie Lannister for the win. Jamie Lannister. Jamie, Jamie deserves it. He's <laughs> been through a lot. He's had sex with his sister. I feel like he earns this one. Gross. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. It's a pleasure, as always, to have you here with us in this uh, den of Mind Gap. And uh, you have anything you want to recommend this week? I mean, I'm still watching The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah? Which, it, I mean, it, what's you interesting is You haven't made it, any farther on the 3%, have you? No, I gave up on that. Already? After 1%, which is one show. You only did one and then you gave up? Oh. I don't know, man. It was I rough. So, I have so much I don't want to talk to you about. I mean, we you could. All right, I'll get. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll get back into it. You I will, necessarily need to watch it. We can still discuss it because there's some great themes in there that we can talk about. Okay, and I'll spoil the shit out of the movie for or the show for you. Well, let me let me at least try. Let me let me power through the second episode and see if if it changes. Because I know yeah. a lot of times I have to get two or three episodes into something before I'm totally hooked. So let me. I don't. Maybe I didn't give it a fair. There's only eight shot. episodes, so there's that. Right. And to be fair, also like. I was also writing that show like this ending better be worth it because yeah. I was like if it's not I'm gonna be pissed. But well, I'll it, say how about this? I'll finish watching the three percent. I don't like where this is going. If you finish watching Iron Fist, I already did. What? No, I didn't. I, I was lie. don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> so anyway, Handmaid's Tale is what I'm lo- watching right now. What's interesting about Hulu is they're not they don't put it out in a chunk. Uh-huh. They they put the first three episodes out, and then each week they're releasing an episode. Bunch of fuckers. Which is interesting, and I kind of like it because... Douchebags. I don't know. There's part of me that likes Assholes. It. I know. <laughs> uh, so so that... Uh, I guess that's what I have. Um, 
Well, I know. I've, I feel like I've promoted that the last four weeks or no, so. No, it's, hey, you like, you it's like a good show. Well, because they didn't release it all at once. Yeah, that's I, the only thing you can do. It's, right? it's all. It's all I'm watching right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I'm uh, sure there's something else. I can't really recommend The Last Kingdom yet. Uh, I probably haven't sold it very well. I really want to get to the end of season two just to see no. how it all plays out, uh, and we'll go from there. Because season one ended, and I'm like, all right, that's not bad, and it was okay. And then you start season two, and I'm like, God, I'm just getting mad again. Yeah. So hopefully it ends well, but I wouldn't totally recommend it yet. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. There you go. So I'm not really recommending something. I'm saying, hang in there, guys. I'll let you know. I'll recommend go check out the YouTuber Casey Neistat. Okay, because that he's he fucking awesome. I recommend so go uh, going seeing Video Game Donkey. There you go on YouTube. He has some hilarious video game uh, videos. Uh, they are amazing and they make me laugh all the time. <laughs> they make me giggle. They make me giggle. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for our page on uh, MindGap. Uh, Mind Gap Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at Mind Gap Podcast. And if you try tagging us in a comment, let us know if it works for you. Because Doug Things and I worked. are Doug and I are having some issues with Facebook right now. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be raising some stinky, burning down some the stinky house. hell. Burning down the house. Yeah. 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 And also just as a website. Did you do Twitter already? Yeah. You did. Okay, cool. At uh, Mind Gap Podcast. There you go. <laughs> you can find me on uh, online at justinstrandland.com. As well as Instagram, which, again, I just need to, I think, give up the website because I have not put anything on there. I don't know what I need to do. All right. Justin has a company website. Yeah, well, that works, too. Yeah. Uh, Well, for me, what are you doing? What? I'm hiding. (laughs) Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. You can find MindGap on twoeast8th.com slash MindGap. You can also find uh, the Best Bar Podcast ever is the other podcast I do with Milos Stevanovich every Monday. Tuesdays.com slash the best bar podcast ever. And uh, check out, we got some, uh, we are, I keep saying we got some cool stuff coming up. We have been pitching some projects to some people and they are going well. So we will hopefully have some cool stuff coming up uh, this summer. And Justin and I just talked about something we we came up with a couple of years ago. And yes, I'm very excited. About I think we that, we are so. going to revive this idea, and it should be uh, it should be a fun one. So just, just stay tuned to that. And then while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Take 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Just give us a quick one sentence review. Just let 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 the world know what you think about us, yeah. and uh, subscribe to us and and help us out there. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week because we love you. It's the truth. Mind Gap Podcast.